Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the third Sunday in the Lenten season. We're going to begin our service looking at the common service on page 15 in the front of our hymnals. Let's open right now with our first hymn, hymn 125, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Authority, I forgive you all your sins 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We praise you, we bless you, we worship you. We glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty. O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. You sit at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy on us. For you only are is from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 14 to 21. In this section, the Lord begins by admonishing his people because of their oh, self-imposed spiritual blindness, but then he promises that the Lord's servant, Jesus, will come to be the light of the world and to give spiritual sight. The Lord said, For a long time I have kept silent, I have been quiet and held myself back, but now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known, Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say, who say to images, you are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Hear, you deaf, look, you blind, and see. Who is blind but my servant and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one committed to me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things but have paid no attention. Your ears are open but you hear nothing. It pleased the Lord for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. Alleluia! Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, 
so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Alleluia. Alleluia. chapter 5 verses 8 to 14 where Paul compares unbelief and belief to darkness and light. Paul says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Continue with our next hymn, hymn number 520, hymn number 520, Your Hand, O Lord, in Days of Old. Oh. 
The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this third Sunday in the Lenten season is our Gospel reading from John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, 13 to 17, and 34 to 39. The Apostle John wrote, As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, this means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, the man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear friends who are blessed to see that the way to heaven is through faith in Jesus, our Savior. There was a man who lost his eyesight, but during that troubled time when he had no sight, what happened is he learned about Jesus the Savior and the Holy Spirit worked on his heart, making him a believing child of God. Well, one day there was a friend who came to him and sympathized with him about his 
his blindness. But the blind man said to the friend, don't pity me. I'm fortunate. If I still had my eyesight, I might be blind yet. Now that I have become blind, I have learned to see. I could never see Jesus before, and I was not interested in him, but I see him now, and I am much happier today than I was before I became blind. See, this blind man, he knew what was most important in life, and it, well, eyesight is a great blessing from God, but what's a greater blessing from God is being able to see Jesus as your Savior, knowing that he lived and died for you and paid for all of your sin. That's the most important thing. Well, some years later, what happened is that there was an operation that the man, the blind man was able to have that restored his sight. And after he had his sight restored, he made this comment, may God protect and keep me so that the things these eyes now see may never lead me away from the light my inward sight holds. This statement leads us to believe that if it would have happened that somehow his receiving his physical eyesight back would have led to him rejecting Jesus, well, what this man would have done is he would have said, get rid of my physical eyesight. I'd rather be physically blind and able to see Jesus as my savior he knew what was most important. He knew it was better to see Jesus through the eyes of faith than to be able to see all the wondrous beauties of God's creation. He knew that that was true. Well, as we look at the miracles that are in our reading today, as we look at those readings, we'll want to ask ourselves, what could that blind man see because of Jesus? And asking that question, let's also ask ourselves, what can we see because of Jesus? And in bo answering both questions, we can say of Jesus that he gives physical sight and he gives spiritual sight. Jesus and his disciples had been walking through the city of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day when they met this man. Our reading says he was born blind. And the disciples, when they saw this man who was born blind, they assumed tragically and mistakenly, unfortunately, like most people of that day probably would have assumed that this man or his parents must have done something wrong and, and because of that, he was being punished because of that. And now, it is true that there are some sufferings and problems that we face in this life because of a specific sin and well, ultimately, all of the problems that we have in life are because of sin, right? 
ultimately, though, in this instance, it wasn't that there was a particular sin that he was guilty of. And, and when we would see somebody who's suffering from a problem like that, it's never right for us to just say, aha, God must be punishing him. Instead, we'll want to view suffering in this life as an opportunity to see God's works and purpose. And, well, what did Jesus say here? He said that this man was born blind so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. See, he was born blind because God wanted to bless the man and he wanted to bless everyone who would come into contact with him and bless us through this, through this occurrence as, as well. Jesus dealt with this blind man in a way that seems very, very strange. What he did is he spit on the ground and with his saliva he made some mud and then he took that mud and put it on the blind man's eyes and then he said to the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, if you think about it, for the blind man to allow Jesus to do what he did and put mud on his eyes, on his face like that, and then for the man then to proceed to go to the pool of Siloam as Jesus directed him, well, this man had some faith. And what Jesus intended to do through all of this is awaken and strengthen that faith after he washed his eyes in the pool of Siloam, then the blind man, formerly blind man, could now see. And then the excitement began. Oh, the like reporters in a presidential press conference, his neighbors, when they realized what had happened, they wanted to figure out what was going on. They bombarded him with questions. And he told his inquisitors that Jesus had healed him, but the formerly blind man didn't realize who Jesus really was at that particular time. Well, because his neighbors wanted to find out what was going on, they figured, well, the one who should be able to figure this out would be the Jewish religious leaders. So they, they took the formerly blind man to the Pharisees for further questioning. And when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had performed the miracle and that he had performed the miracle on the Sabbath, well, the first thing they did is they charged Jesus with breaking their Sabbath day rules to try to discredit him, to try to make him look bad in front of the people. And it says here in our reading that the Pharisees, they were divided into two opposing views regarding this miracle. One group said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. And those people were thinking, Jesus must be a phony, that he had broken Sabbath laws. However, 
Understand that Jesus hadn't broken any of God's Sabbath laws. The laws that they were accusing Jesus of breaking were those man-made added laws that the Jews added to what God had originally given to Moses and to the Israelites years ago. So Jesus hadn't sinned. He never sinned. The other group, with a different view, they asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? They recognized Jesus' power as having to come from God. But in their unbelief, they refused to look at Jesus and see him for who he really was, and that is the Son of God. So the Pharisees, they asked the formerly blind man, what have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. Well, the man said, he is a prophet, and even though he didn't recognize Jesus as the promised Savior yet, he did know that it was only through God like that a miracle like this could have taken place. And he told the Pharisees, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. At that, the Pharisees, they were just enraged and they threw him out of the synagogue, it says, and what that really means is that they, they excommunicated him. They excommunicated him. They said, you are not one of our believing family. They kicked him out. And he must have been terribly confused at this because here he's looking at these religious leaders and he's looking at Jesus and the religious leaders, he believed they were supposed to be from God. And he knew from the miracle that Jesus was from God. So it had to be confusing that there was this conflict here. But yet at the same time, he had to be just absolutely overjoyed to have his physical sight back, to have his physical sight. The, the joy that he had that this man who, well, he had been born blind, remember? The joy that he had is the joy that all Christians really have when we realize how richly God has blessed us, how, how much he continues to bless us. God has given us, oh, things like our eyesight, our hearing, our sense of touch and taste and smell, and so many other talents and abilities. And even if we are losing or have lost one of those senses or others of those senses, we'll always want to see how blessed we are to have the senses that we have, the so many physical blessings that we have from our God. And really, when you think about it, a good description of a Christian would be someone who while he is faced with life's trials and troubles, he always remembers or works at remembering how truly blessed he really is because of our God. There was a stranger in St. Louis who stopped a, 
a police officer one Sunday morning and asked that police officer if he would recommend a church. He directed the stranger to a church some distance away and the stranger asked the policeman then, what's the matter with these other churches that I see along the way? Why don't you recommend them? And the police officer responded, to tell the truth, I am an unbeliever myself, but people coming out of that church are always happy. They are different. If I ever decided to go to church, that's where I'd go. They've got something there that makes them happy. May God help us so that in our Christian lives we always exhibit that kind of happiness, not only when we leave church, but throughout the course of our lives, so that we're walking testimonials, we could say, of the fact that God is rich, richly blessing us and that we're walking testimonials of the fact that we believe, as the Apostle Paul said, that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Oh, just remembering that can put a smile on our faces no matter what we're dealing with in this life, no matter the trials and troubles. Well, our reading says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Well, the Pharisees, they had improperly, wrongly excommunicated this formerly blind man. But Jesus went after him to finish the work that he had begun with giving him his physical eyesight. Jesus wanted him to go beyond just being able to see with his eyes. He wanted him to have true spiritual sight. The man replied, Who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And now this man had faith, but he lacked a full knowledge. He believed in the promised Messiah. He just didn't know that Jesus was that promised Messiah yet. So Jesus said to him, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. His spiritual eyes were opened. In response, he worshiped Jesus and what happened for this man is that if you think about it, his physical blindness resulted in his spiritual sight. For all those years, he had been walking around in darkness, but God had a purpose for that, and that was the strengthening of his faith and the salvation of his soul. Paul told the Roman Christians, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. You know, we can easily look at this story and see how God worked through this formerly blind man's blindness for his eternal good. May God help us likewise also to believe 
that in all things and even our trials or troubles, our illnesses, our aches and our pains, that through all of that, what God is ultimately doing is he's working for our eternal good to give us spiritual eyesight. The spiritual eyesight that we need to see that Jesus is our Savior and not only to just give us spiritual eyesight to see that Jesus is our Savior, but also to strengthen and sharpen our spiritual eyesight so that we're always growing closer to our Savior and stronger in our faith in Him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into the world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Jesus reminds us here that his coming into the world has two, what we could say, diametrically opposed effects. Some of us, through the preaching of the law of God's law, well, what we can do is we can see that we were spiritually blind, that we could never get to heaven by ourselves. But by God's grace, we're called to faith in Jesus so that we have spiritual sight, so that we can see Jesus as our way to heaven. Others who don't listen to God's law or who ignore its message do not realize that they are spiritually blind and, and maybe they even think that they can see spiritually when actually they can't. Well, they're headed toward their eternal destruction. That's what Jesus is describing of here. But, of course, when Jesus says that he came into the world for judgment, that is, for dividing believers, for unbelievers, his real goal is not really to find unbelievers. His real goal, well, he doesn't want to condemn anyone to eternal punishment. That's not his goal. But he will have to condemn those who do reject him because they have rejected him. Nevertheless, his real goal is to take all people to be with him forever in heaven. That's his real goal. And, and well, ultimately, he's going to be taking whoever believes in him, who will not perish, but will have eternal life. And how blessed you and I are that God has not only shown us our former spiritual blindness, our sinfulness, and our inability to get to heaven on our own, but he's also given us spiritual sight so that we can look at Jesus and see him, the Son of Man, the Son of God, our Savior, our way to eternal life, just like this formerly blind man was able to see Jesus. Blind and deaf from the age of two, Helen Keller was asked once by a young boy, isn't it the worst thing in the world to be blind? And smiling, Helen Keller replied, 
not half so bad as to have two good eyes and see nothing. Helen Keller, through that, is reminding us of the most important kind of seeing. Seeing ourselves as sinners and by grace, by God's grace, seeing Jesus our Savior. Let's never stop thanking our God for giving us our spiritual eyesight. And let's also remember that the best way that we can thank our Savior for giving us our spiritual eyesight is by sharing with everyone what we can, by God's grace, see through faith. And that is that Jesus came into this world to be our Savior and to be their Savior too. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, look with favor on your humble servants and stretch out the right hand of your power to defend us against all our enemies. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And in our prayers, oh, we continue to keep those who are affected, remain affected by the by the tragic shootings up at Michigan State University. We also keep in our prayers, well, Deb Spitzley dealing with heart and kidney issues and Paula Burris with her leg issues, Mary Glassbrook recuperating now quite well, it seems, from her knee replacement surgery. Jan Camp dealing with, friend of Karen Ripley dealing with cancer and Julie, the friend of Lisa Vanderlee, who is in hospice care with cancer problems. Let's pray. Lord God, we live in a world that's full of trials and troubles, sicknesses, pains, and we've mentioned some of the people in our church family, our extended church family, that are dealing with issues with these and with those that we haven't mentioned, we'd say, Lord, if it's your will, please grant healing. But especially we keep on saying, please grant more than anything else, 
well, spiritual sight so that we can see Jesus our Savior, so that we can see Jesus our strength, our way to eternal life, so that we can see the great blessings that we have despite the tr troubles and the trials that we face in this life. We're so blessed to have Jesus and to be able to see him as our way to eternal life. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. And so we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. And let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple announcements to share with you in the congregation this week. Today is, today Sunday is Amy Graham's birthday. Monday, Ava Kunkel. Tuesday, Aubrey Norder. Thursday, Jesse Parisian. Friday, Greg Hall. Wednesday will be our fourth Wednesday Lenten service and Pastor Roger Kneprath from St. Luke and Jackson will be here to talk about how Jesus' final steps led to some Greeks. I'll actually be at his church at St. Luke's, but I'll be here for the soup supper beforehand at 5.30, the service at 6.30. Please look at our prayer list and remember to keep all of the people in our church family, our extended church family, in your thoughts and prayers. The Lord bless and keep you always.